we'd like to welcome everyone back to the Duck Pond Wall, a show here on WEHC Emory 90.7, WISE FM Wise 90.5, where we get to sit down and talk with an Emory and Henry graduate who is doing something really cool in the world. And today I'm very pleased to have as my guest Adam Parks, Emory and Henry class of 2006. How you doing, Adam? Uh, pretty good. Well, you're doing some fun stuff, and I'll, I'll be honest with you. I have, you know, we've known each other for a long time. We've been friends. We hang up in the, out in the same places a lot, and I see you a lot. I have never had the nerve to say, what is it you do? And so I was really excited when we talked at Rhythm and Roots this past weekend to find out a little bit more about what you're up to. Tell us about your work and about your business as Adam Park's personal trainer and health consultant. Um. Yeah, so uh, it's kind of always evolving, and um, I guess that last little bit's a new addition, the health consulting. Um, and if you'd ask any of my clients that I've had over the last few years, asking them what we do, you know, it's also pretty hard to explain. You know, it's a little different. Um, I always yeah. go about things a little bit differently than other people do. But um, it's all, I would say, under the umbrella of trying to make my home healthier. Um, so Appalachia. Um, Southwest Virginia, Northeast Tennessee, in in particular, um, just because that's just something that I've always had a passion for. Um, having grown up here, having grown up and under, I guess, kind of understanding like a lot of the barriers people have growing up here. You know, I grew up like most people, not really understanding like what food, you know, means and how it how it can make us healthier or unhealthier. It was just food, like when I was growing up. Right. And so, um, you know, I was a product of the environment that I grew up in, and that wasn't necessarily a healthy one as far as like, you know, physical health is concerned. Um, it was a healthy one as far as like emotional health is concerned. But um, it wasn't until I would say I left the area that I realized like, you know, the way I was brought up and the things that a lot of people probably do around here, like wasn't very healthy. And so I wanted to try to figure out, like, you know, how do I change that? How do I, you know, more than anything, um, I guess, kind of backtracking, you know, a lot of this started, like my own passion for all this started when my father died. Um, he died of a stroke when I was 15. Oh, goodness. And so, so that, you know, it's a profound moment in my life. And it was something that I wanted to make something positive out of. Now, as a 15-year-old, I didn't really know what that meant. Um, uh, my health journey started, I always like to say, with, you know, taking the cheese off of my tacos from Taco Bell and <laughs> um, stop drinking soft drinks for the most part. Um, but I really didn't know what to do. And so it's been a long journey of trial and error um, to get to where I am today, to to a place where I feel like I can kind of cut through all that noise for other people and help them um, eliminate some of those same barriers that I grew up with and help them definitely have a shorter path to good health than what I did. Um, and so that's just kind of my goal is to try and help other people eliminate limitations in their lives and um, and whatever shape that takes. So I've been doing, I've had my own personal training business for, I don't know, probably like seven or eight years. Um, I was managing and training at a gym in Richmond before that. And then the last two years, um, uh, I've I've taken on this other, I guess you would say, full-time gig of health consulting where uh, the, the first person or the first business that I worked with was Utility Trailer out of Atkins, Virginia. Sure. Um, and, and I also worked with uh, the one in Glade as well. And so I've been primarily working with them 
for the last couple of years and then um, doing some other um, projects. I've got a People Incorporated talk coming up this Friday, which when this is releases, it'll be the previous week, but going to be doing a breakout session for their staff summit. And so with all that, you know, it just kind of depends on who I'm working with and what our goals are. But a lot of it has stemmed from the same, I guess, um, desires to to help their employees be healthier more than anything, um, to kind of lighten their load, recognizing like how so many people are stressed out and worn out, kind of coming on this other side of the pandemic and everything that that's meant um, for people and their mental health and their physical health. And so, you know, I think a lot, a lot more people, if there is a silver lining to the last few years, it's that a lot more people are recognizing how important mental health and physical health is hmm. and how, you know, a lot of them just can't afford to go any further down the road that they're going on. Right. Um, so I, I really appreciate you know, companies like Utility and People Incorporated, and and there's other companies doing the same things, um, not necessarily with me, but with other people, um, you know, recognizing the need to to address those needs in their employees and in their communities. Right. Um, because, you know, um, I mean, if you're talking about it as an employer, one of the biggest obstacles you have is retention and, you know, investing in your people and doing things for your people that you don't have to, I think speaks volumes. It's hard to ignore that. So that, you know, that would make me want to stay at one place versus another if somebody's doing that. I'm going to make you back up just a little bit. You said that yeah. you left the area for a while and that's when you sort of had a had an epiphany about, you know, how you're growing up was perhaps not as healthy as it could have been. Where did you go and what did you see there that made you go, oh, people do this differently than we did? For sure. So there was, I mean, there was a, it was a, it was like a light bulb moment. Um, when I left the area to go to Richmond for high school, I can remember like, it was probably, I don't know what class it was, but I can remember like sitting in this class. And for the first time in my life, I noticed that like my, myself was different than the people around me. Like, you know, growing up around here, I didn't think about like, you know, how I looked per se versus the other people or anything like that. But sitting in that class, and I went to a public school in Richmond, but it was in a more affluent neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And I could tell immediately that my body complexion and my health was different than the vast majority of kids around me. And just it, it was, just by appearance, just by a just comparison. By like you just yeah, just you could just see the, the like I said the the difference in like their skin versus my skin, or um, and just that little like puffiness, like you know people would say like, oh, that's just baby fat or whatever. Like, you know, I could tell it was directly related to my diet versus what they were eating because most of those kids, like I said, it was a more affluent neighborhood. You know, most of those kids had packed lunches from their parents. Um, They were much healthier than what I was eating or what I had been eating. And it it was just, it was just so stark. Well, that's kind of insightful though, for a kid to go, oh, you know, this is, this is about my health and this is about my wellness and this is about the food I'm eating. But I mean, that's really pretty insightful. I'm just thinking, did you, did you also have some classes at that time that maybe kind of clued you in a little bit or did you just put all that together? No, I think, I mean, I just kind of, I feel like I, you know, kind of grew up in that era of like all American, like boy, you know, bigger, faster, stronger, Hulk Hogan and all that stuff. And so like that was always a part of my disposition, I think, growing up, just wanting to be, I guess, from an athletic standpoint, healthier. 
but not necessarily knowing what that meant. Like the idea of being healthier was running faster or benching more. And, um, you know, you take bench in particular, I, you know, that's something I've realized is not really ind indicative of anybody's health or strength, um, to be honest. But, you know, it wasn't until like seeing some other things that I recognized like, oh, okay, so maybe I'm not as healthy in general as I thought. I have to ask then, so what were you eating, Adam? What, I mean, what, what about your diet made you go, this can't possibly be the right thing to, to really make me healthy? Yeah. And so, I mean, like I said, growing up with my father, I, I didn't think about it. Um, like we, we probably ate like most people do around here, feeding their kids, like whatever was cheapest that day. Right. It might've been like the Papa John $5 pizza deal, whatever day that was, or the the Arby's roast beef sandwiches, five for five, whatever day that was, it, you know, it kind of, it would rotate day by day, depending on what the, what those deals were around us. A lot uh, of McDonald's, fast food. Taco Bell. Yeah. Outside of that beefaroni, if all else failed. Um, my dad wasn't a cook. Um, it wasn't that he, he couldn't, it, you know, he, he just, it just wasn't like his thing. He wasn't that great at, great at it. He, right. You know, he just provided food for us. I think that's all you could really ask of most parents. But none of us knew like what that, that there could be a better way right. either. You know, you didn't think about it. It was it's what everybody did. They picked up something on the way home. Yeah. And so I, I think the only thing that helped me realize that the difference between that and something healthier was also having the background of like growing up on my grandparents' farm and like working in the garden and and then recognizing like, okay, like, so I do feel different. And I, and the people that eat these fresh produce, like meals look different than I do. And so I, I had that to fall back on. So that was fortunate. So when you came to Emory and Henry, then you had this newfound knowledge. Did what was what was college like for you? I mean, I mean, frankly, I picked up some terrible nutrition habits in college. Like I said, it's been a long journey to get to where I am today. College was a very intentional, I guess, fulfilling of a need to to live out varsity blues, if I'm being honest. <laughs> um, it wasn't until after Emory, I would say, that I took some of the things that I, you know, I, I did listen and pay attention in class. And I took some of those seeds and, you know, started to nurture them and, and grow them after Emory and, and develop. But, you know, at Emory... I was, I was at a place where I just, I think I just wanted to escape, you know, especially like having my, my father's death in high school sure. and all that. And so there was definitely an asterisk, um, next to that pursuit of health. Like I would, you know, work out all the time for football and all that, but at the same time, I would do plenty of things that weren't good for my health. Sure. But, you know, learn from that afterwards. Well, gosh, yeah. And that's, I mean, that's part of being a kid too. So after college, um, what what did you do in terms of training to get yourself to the point where you can do what you're doing now? After college, uh, uh, I went on and I went to ETSU for grad school, master's in teaching. And so I, okay. you know, I had certifications in health education and PE and, and things like that. And when I graduated ETSU, uh, the financial crisis had just hit. So it was like 2008. So nobody was leaving their jobs and teaching. I took on a program at um, Virginia Highlands Community College doing uh, like life skills and uh, college preparatory skills uh -huh. um, in the up and down program. So I, or I, I coordinated that for five years and it was really rewarding. And so it was another avenue of like trying to teach kids like from my experience, from my background of like, 
hey, you got to make sure you know what you want to do and what that's adding up to. And, you know, it was helpful, you know, getting my feet wet in as far as like coaching in a different way. And then uh, after five years, like I decided that, you know, I can't tell these kids to like, you know, pursue their passions and go about these things if I'm not doing it myself. And so I decided to kind of just up and quit. Went to Charlotte for a little bit, took some classes to kind of refine the skills. Uh, you know, worked a bunch of part-time jobs to try to get more um, experience and just kind of work my way up into the fitness realm. You know, I did that for a while. I ended up back in Richmond, like I said, uh, training and managing at a gym there. And then, you know, always kind of knew I wanted to come back here uh, because, like it, it was important for me to come back to to what I feel like is my home, right? And make a difference. So you've got now you have personal clients doing training, hmm. and then you're doing this health consulting thing, and yeah. that's what yeah. that's what you're doing with utility and and people incorporated and some of those folks to be able to say, you know, here's how your work community can be healthier because you've got yep. healthier people. Yeah, and it's been phenomenal. I mean, hats off to Utility One for just taking the chance on me and and taking the chance on their employees to do this to start with. But, you know, we've had amazing results. Um, I can't tell you, like, how many people have, like, improved their health there um, that we've worked with, but a lot. Uh, and, uh, I mean, just walking into that place now, it's a different environment, just a different vibe. Oh, like, wow. you know, everybody's feeling better, happier, healthier. I mean, obviously there's, there's noticeable weight differences, but it's, you know, like I said, it's just very rewarding um, to be a part of all that. And it kind of feels like for me that everything's kind of come full circle. Oh well, gosh. With, yeah. With everything that I've done. I want to remind everybody that we're ta- talking today with um, Adam Parks, Emory and Henry class of 2006, who is a personal trainer and health consultant. And, you know, I, I love that you say that you went into utility and it, you go in now and you feel like you can actually visibly see a difference in people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 incredibly diff- uh, um, noticeable and, and just palpable from like uh, like an environment like you don't even have to like notice somebody. It just feels different in there. Like there's just a it's a lighter feeling in there. Like people are, you know, not as stressed as they were. Like I said, you know, hats off to them for recognizing like how stressed people were when I came on. Um, It was right around that time when we were at like peak inflation where like nobody knew when gas prices were going to stop and all that. And everybody was just stressing out. And those people had been working nonstop the whole time without a break. And, you know, people were just stressed. And I, I, uh, or at this point, most people are. I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't say, I mean, I don't expect you to do it in, in five minutes what you do, you know, on a, you know, in a consulting right. basis. But are there some kind of basic things that you might share with anybody listening today who maybe needs a little stress break? Yeah. And so I always try to connect it to like, you know, where people are and what those low hanging fruits might be around them. And from where we are here in Appalachia in particular I would say there's a lot of low hanging fruit and a lot of them, a lot of our health is just based on like how far we've gotten away from like our Appalachian heritage, in my opinion. Like a lot of us identify as Appalachian, but I would wonder like how many of us are actually living that like traditional Appalachian life, like mountain men or mountain women and self-sufficient and self-sustaining and growing your own food and canning your own food and all that stuff. All that stuff's really healthy. And so I would say like, try to get back to the basics. Like it's actually you know, pretty simple. If you look at it, like 
the further we've gotten away from being outdoors, the less healthy we are. So oh, spend more time outdoors. Yeah. You know, the further we've gotten away from movement in our daily lives, the less healthier we've become. So, you know, try to spend more time moving. And so like I was tell somebody, like, I don't even care if you just eat your lunch outside, <laughs> you're going to feel better. Like right. you, you, it's, it's not up to you. Like scientifically speaking, like being outside, you know, will boost your immune system, will help you think, will lower your blood pressure, um, will give you vitamin D, obviously. You know, you get all these benefits just from being outside. The problem is, is we're the first generation to spend more time inside than outside. Mm. Um, we're also already in Southwest Virginia, a society that spends more time sitting than moving. And so, you know, focus on like your steps, like trying to add a little bit more every day. You know, because that movement obviously can affect your weight, but it also affects your mood at the same time. It affects your blood sugar at the same time. Uh, and then I also talk about like food choices. Um, and I've got a little video. I watched YouTube, part of that video. Yeah, yeah, it uh, was. I have to, con have to confess it was a challenge because at least one of those things I was like, darn it, I buy that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but if, so if you want a little more in depth on the food, because that's hard to go over in a few minutes. But if you go on their utility Atkins Facebook page and scroll down a couple of posts, there's a little video I made for them um, that kind of goes a little more in depth on the things to look for in food and why some of those things you may be eating may be making you feel worse and making it harder to feel better. Right. I always talk to clients about like, I don't really care what you eat per se, because everybody's a little bit different as far as like, you know, what they can eat allergy wise or you know anything else like that but trying to have balanced meals that help regulate your blood sugar and so a balanced meal would be consistent of a healthy fat a lean protein and a nutritious fiber so like vegetables more than anything else yeah and so if you can combine those three things into any kind of meal or snack you're going to be much better off um, and, you know, you said something about eating lunch outside, which reminds me of another one of your projects, which is what, Unplug Southwest Virginia. Yeah. And so that was something where, like I said, growing up here, I'm assuming it's like a lot of people where you know, I had no idea, like some of the amazing places that are around us. You know, I'd never gone to Grayson Highlands to see the ponies. I'd probably only spent like, even though I grew up maybe half a mile from the Creeper Trail, I'd probably only ridden that first mile of it and that's it. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, like I said, another low hanging fruit is getting more people outside, getting more people connected to the places around them, having more pride in where they live. And so, you know, having experienced more of that later on in life, like probably really not until like I was closer to 30, um, I made that group unplug Southwest Virginia. It's SWVA to where I just take people out once a month Um and show them like some of the amazing places around us that I've discovered and that, you know, make it easier for them to, to make excuses, to get out and to get moving. Uh, like, you know, maybe they want to go see a waterfall one day or they want to go see an overlook or, yeah, and who knows what it, it gives them more um, opportunities to get out and get moving. And also, like I said, to be proud of where they are, to right. share these photos with other people and have other people be like, oh my gosh, where is that? And be like, oh, it's right here. It's in my backyard. Mm -hmm. This is this is where I live. This is what Appalachia should be known for. It seems like it's hard sometimes to pay attention to the things that are the closest to you. No, absolutely. I always say that like, you know, tourists often will will see and experience more mm -hmm. of your hometown than most people will because they're trying to like, 
you know, discover what's there in a short amount of time. And so they'll eat at a restaurant that most people won't eat, eat at, or they'll go to a museum that most people won't go to. And they get a better feel oftentimes than for the places and people that actually live there. Yeah, isn't that we're frustrating? Just, we're just in our routines. Several things that you've said sort of lead me back to an, an observation that it seems to be difficult for us as humans to prioritize taking care of ourselves. Somehow culturally we've gotten, feels like if you say, you know what, I'm going to get up and go for a walk for 15 minutes, that somehow you're going to be judged by your coworkers because that's yeah. taken care of you. Does that, is that a fair statement? And if it is, how do we get around that? Oh, absolutely. I, and I think it's one of the things I talk to clients about all the time is like, you're going to be like an outsider to an extent, like, especially if you're going out to eat and stuff like that. And you just have to focus on you. Like nobody's going to go home after your meal and be like, oh my gosh, they didn't eat what I ate <laughs> or just dwell on that. At the end of the day, like you're the only one responsible for your health and you're the only one that's going to advocate for it. So you kind of have to do those things. And what I tell people is what's going to happen is once you start feeling better, other people are going to notice that. And they're going to probably come to you and ask like what you're doing and want to do those same things. And so you may be the first person to do it that you know, but you're not going to be the last one. And you're going to end up helping a lot of people by doing those things. And so like taking on that that leadership role and being willing to step out and do things differently, I think is important and necessary because you know you can't just, you know, keep on, like I said, just giving all your energy to everybody else. That's really helpful. And, you know, I love that part of your motivation is that you want to help the Appalachian region to be healthier. And you're singing my song that you want people to be proud of Appalachia and of the outdoor spaces that we have here. Um, What do you think are some of the sort of cultural challenges to Appalachia in being healthier and eating healthier and taking better care of ourselves in that regard? So me and uh, Lori Briscoe, who's a herbalist here in town, who's done a, who's doing a lot of really cool stuff with like helping connect people back to the land and like plant medicine and stuff like that. We were talking the other day and, you know, she brought up and we kind of brought up how in a way, I don't know if it was intentional to like totally separate us from that cultural history of like being like this self-sustaining community, but we were to an extent shamed through marketing like having those things being seen as like beneath than or poor and, you know, not desirable by, you know, people that want to be seen as like affluent or popular or whatever. And so you, you saw this like switch. Successful. You know, yeah. You saw the switch to like, you know, you have to like get things from the grocery store that look perfect and you, you know, if you if you are successful like you're saying then you can afford to have people do these things for you Mm -hmm. as opposed to doing them for yourself and how that's actually like really unhealthy you know if you look around the world and the communities where people live to be the longest they're the places where people are doing the most for themselves for the most part right um and you know, we've kind of like, I think part of that societal like change that needs to shift is we have become so reliant on other people because we've become so tied to doing so much to pay for those things that, you know, we're, we're unhealthy as a result. Whereas we need to probably step back a little more and, and find more time to do those things for ourselves and make more time to do those things for ourselves, and, and save money in the process. It, it, um, it reminds me of my obsession with the fact that everybody I know spends more time mowing the yard than enjoying the yard. 
Hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and you could even think of, like, well, do we even need a yard? I mean, why not just create something that's useful year-round that you don't have to necessarily tend, but you could actually, like, enjoy the fruits of, Yeah. literally speaking. Oh, my gosh. Um, We're going to have to get together and have another beverage soon because um, <laughs> we, we are way on the same page on that one. Is there anything that you can remember from Emory and Henry that has sort of influenced what you're doing now? Uh, so I was having this conversation with somebody yesterday and, and I think it went back to like ethics class. Um, and I've always kind of been somebody who wanted to like ask questions and figure out the why and all that stuff. And like I said, there's a lot of stuff I learned at Emory that may not necessarily, you know, you know, taken hold then, but then, you know, I was able to like sort through it later on and, and, and utilize it. But I think it was an ethics class or values class, but we were talking about some subject that was, you know, a hot topic and, you know, uncomfortable probably for even me to to wrap my head around or want to discuss. But the teacher talked about how, you know, talking about something or, you know, discussing something that maybe you do or don't believe in, there is no downside to it. Um, you know, having those experiences, having those conversations that you may be unaccustomed to. The only thing that can happen from it is positive because either you strengthen your own beliefs and whatever it is, you know, you believe in, um, or you find something new to further your own beliefs, to, 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 to go down a different path. You realize like, okay, well, maybe this isn't, you know, what I need to be doing, or this, this isn't as as virtuous as what I thought it was and and therefore then you adapt and you grow and so uh, I would say that point in particular of just being willing to constantly like put yourself in positions to to learn new things and to experience new things and to to surround yourself with new ideas and people and places and all that stuff like the only thing that can come from that is good and you know the less we do of that you know the less we grow like with training people, I reserve the right to be wrong all the time. Like the health industry is something that's constantly evolving and I want to be constantly evolving as well. Hey, Adam Parks, class of 2006, personal trainer and health consultant. Thank you so much for being with us today. We really appreciate it. Yeah, well, I really appreciate the time and um, for helping me get the message out there. Absolutely. And I want to thank everybody for being with us today on the Duck Pond Wall. Please stay tuned to WEHCFM 90.7 because this is the voice of Southwest Virginia. Mm-hmm.